Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. With each mortgage-free home, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us. Heroes that put their lives on the line for all of us, risking their lives for our country and our communities. These heroes need your help now more than ever. Help America's heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And welcome back, everybody, to the High Low Sports Podcast. It is DJ joined by Kelsey. And after taking a week to kind of round things out, just kind of finishing up what we're doing, we are back now with another episode and just in time for quite the little sports run we have going on here, Kelsey. Yeah, absolutely, man. Went went from from one fire to the the eternal fire, if you will, of the Olympics and the torch, uh, starting up just before the opening ceremonies on Friday. They are, you know, kicking off. Continuing today, uh, it is Thursday. We are continuing with more events today. Softball, uh, gymnastics is starting. Um, so- soccer is women's soccer, which there's been a shocker in the women's soccer world already. The U.S. already lost to Sweden three nothing. And yes, I am talking to the U.S. women's national team. First game in 55 mm. games they lost, which is just absolutely insane to think about. And of course it's Sweden that knocks them out. Go figure. Oh, or, or, or at least beats them. But no, it has been absolutely fun. Obviously we just finished up the color cast tournament for, uh, for the NBA playoffs. And that was a, uh, that was a blast. Absolutely. Well, a blast. And we'll talk, we'll talk more about the NBA finals and other stuff like that coming forward. But you mentioned basketball. And since we're on the Olympics, we do have the Olympics basketball team starting up competition this Saturday as well too. What do you think about their chances here? I mean, there's been a lot of talk about some of their struggles, and then you got Bradley Beal and Kevin Love not able to come in as well, too, shuffling JaVel McGee and Kelvin as well, too. Like, it's it's not quite what we expected. You have Chris Milton and Devin Booker and Drew Holiday coming in. Do you think they could save the day, or do you think this has 2004 vibes written all over for the men's basketball team in the Olympics? Honestly, I, I think it'll be fine no matter what. I, look, it's still the U.S. national team. They did just smack up on Spain, which is the number two team in the world right now. Um, and that's, and that's ahead of the U S by the way, at four. Um, and they did just smack up on them without, as you just mentioned, Devin Booker, Chris Middleton and drew holiday with Middleton and holiday coming off their fantastic performances in the final. They're really feeling it right now. So, and Booker himself, I mean, he's an instant bucket. So I think they will be fine uh, when it comes down to it, but I do think KD uh, is going to be the key for this team. Will he be exceptionally good as like, like he is against Spain or will he be, Meh, so-so going forward, but I feel like he's going to be the guy that, no matter what, 
scoring wise, he's going to be leading the carrying the torch for the U.S. team, if you will. Absolutely. Well, too. And of course, we had talked basketball. There's three out of three basketball coming in this year as well, too. That's definitely something I'm interested in seeing as well, too. So, Kelsey, well, there's so many sports going on in the Olympics. Like, it feels, it's just a blitz of all kinds of competitions. What are a couple that really stick out to you as well, too, besides like the ones that we all know, like basketball and stuff like that? Like, I remember when curling kind of broke and everyone's like, what is this? And it ended up kind of being a hit. What's one that you think underratedly could steal the show? And what one are you looking forward to? Well, you know, you have the return of baseball coming back this year as well. Let's not forget that. Uh, trampoline. If you guys haven't seen trampoline yet, it's absolutely insane. These people are flying and hitting the top of gyms. Uh, there was actually just an accident during the trampoline, uh, practices leading up to the Olympics. Obviously we still have swimming and all of that's glory, which we have something to talk about with swimming here. In Would a you be considering doing trampoline? Was that something you could see yourself trying out for me to try and get yourself in the Olympics? Uh, man, let me tell you that trampoline and my big self together, uh, probably not so much. Uh, but no, honestly, I think the one that's going to shock the, I won't say shock the world, but the, the newer sport or the returning sport, if you will, that's going to carry the, carry the attention of a lot of fans. Like, you know, curling for us, is kind of a joke for Americans, but for Canadians, they live and die by it. You know, them, them, the Norwegians, uh, Swedish, they all love curling. So it was a new, new thing for us, us fans, but rugby, I think rugby is going to be yes. the thing that excites fans the most. Uh, followed by maybe handball, which is just basically basketball, just in a different form. Absolutely, as well, too. That's def- definitely looking forward to that as well, too, as weird as it is. I don't know why. But when it comes to the Olympics, I'm willing to watch a whole lot of different sports competitions just because you know it's probably at about the highest level you're going to see, too. So I think there's a little bit of an intrigue as that as well, too. Some of them that really stick out to me, obviously, wrestling in the Olympics, I it's mandatory. It feels like I know there's talk about them taking it out of the Olympics a few years ago. Glad to see it's there right now, and it's always – I just always enjoy watching it. Like I'm not the biggest wrestling, like just traditional wrestling fan, like college wrestling, that sort of thing. Something with the Olympics, it just does like, bam, kicks in. Like it just gets me going as well too. Like that gets me really interested. The one that I'm really curious about that I want to see if it could possibly steal the show is the return of fencing. One of the OG sports as well too. One of the classic, basically Spartan type of sport here as well. Those two, like they're the most, they're the ones you can see going back all the way to the very beginning. Like people would cheer in a crowd. Of, those are two I'm really afford. I think fencing just, the artisticness of it as well too the swift yeah. in and out movements the acrobatics especially especially if there's someone that could do with a little bit of flair almost like there's some zorro stuff on there or something like that i think that could really spice it up and i think that's one that could surprise a lot of people i'm not saying it'll be like the most watched or the most talked about but i think it could be an underrated one that catches a lot more eyes than people would think coming in because i think no one's going to be like fencing yeah very few people will talk about that when you think olympics right away you mean you're not thinking about rhythmic gymnastics the same way either um no i don't i'm just kidding but no uh, let's not forget skateboarding is also i forgot skateboarding is making its appearance this year as well so that is uh that could be an interesting one as well we have i don't even know who's going to be representing who in that in that one i honestly when it comes to skateboarding i've always just thought of them as skaters i never really thought of them as country oriented and Mm -hmm. now they're going to be like you know for their countries and it's, it's pretty cool there might be some countries that maybe have never had an olympian now have an olympian because of skateboarding Absolutely. And of course, there's badminton, archery. There's a lot of really fun sports. I can't wait to get it going. Karate, taekwondo, judo, rowing. We talked about the three on three basketball, which will actually kind of transition us into our next topic, which will be brought. It'll be called the main event brought to you by fanatics.com. You can buy all your latest gear there as well, including the recently crowned Milwaukee Bucks championship gear. You can get that at fanatics. Everything you need there as well to championship t-shirts, hats, Go and click on the link as well. That'll take you right there. Help us out and get you looking good to represent your small market team coming up big and Suns losing in four in a row after the, taking a two to nothing lead and the Bucks coming back and storming. Wow, what a series that was. Kelsey, what was your first impression on that series? Oh, first of all, I got to say two-time champion Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, let's not forget that they are a second champion now. And ironically, the last time they were a champion, they also had a dominant big man. But no, honestly, my my first impression after this this game, uh, after these these games, all six games, um, Giannis. I'm look. I, is it possible to have been sleeping on a guy who's a two time MVP, one time Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved Player, now NBA Finals MVP? Like, is it possible to have been sleeping on this guy and consider and maybe not saying he's as good as he is, or or are we just seeing the evolution of Giannis going forward? Because it's exciting to watch and see what he did. Because we kept talking about it. Will his free throws be an issue? Will they be an issue at the beginning of the series? He he missed two free throws after shooting 20 in game six. Uh, so, you know, absolutely fantastic. Or Sorry, shot 22, went 20 of 22. So absolutely fantastic on his way to a 50-piece in a clinching game six. Uh, I mean, 
Give crown this man. You, you sir, you dropped your crown. Here, let me pick it up for you. Let me go ahead and answer your first two questions. Yes and yes. They've been sleeping on it because the last couple of years, the way they flamed out, build the wall. Everyone thought it was really that simple. They thought, oh, anyone could just put a wall in front of them and you'll stop them. Just put somebody in the paint. Well, no. Even they forget they were up two to nothing on the Raptors and they flamed out in four. So it's not like he just got completely smoked. Then last year with the bubble and all that incense, they won their first playoff series, then ran into the heat that went to the finals and took two games on that Lakers team. It's not like they're getting just smoked by Orlando or something like that in, in four games. And it's not just a you were able to kind of build the wall there, but it was different because Milton actually is another guy who's emerged and you had a point guard who could actually dribble and handle the ball in Drew Holiday, a guy that can run the show so Giannis isn't sitting there at the top of the three-point line revving his engine like a lawnmower getting ready to go so everyone's like, all right, slide into the paint and then block him off. Now when he's playing off ball, you give him the ball at the free throw line extended, give him a jab step move and the ability to spin to the basket. No one's stopping him down there. He's the be- He might be the best offensive center in the game if you put him as a center just because his ability to come off the ball obviously Jokic with his passing and his shooting touch Joel Embiid the same way obviously there's gonna be some fret there either way but those two guys aren't gonna be able to do what Giannis does in transition as well as his ability to just when he does rev the engine if nobody comes in to try and build the quote-unquote wall DeAndre Ayton couldn't stop him from getting bullied in the basket he's and to add on so at this point I think yes we were asleep on him because that build a wall narrative caught a lot of heat especially from the ESPNs and the Foxes of the world like they find something they will Run it, run with it until it is basically until it's not true, and then they'll run with it some more. And then at the same time, yes, he even improved because we talked about it even during our predictions thing when we were talking about what we want to see him. Be honest, get a floater and get kind of a mid range shot. Doesn't have to be great, just has to be like, all right, they can't just stand in the restricted zone. You, you they have to take one step or at least hesitate. He did that in this series post fadeaways, looking like Dirk Nowitzki in some spots, the floater getting it off at, at the free throw line. He even started finishing with the left hand a little bit which was gonna, I thought was going to be a big detriment to him the way he was going in some of those early series. It was all right, no left. So I think the answer is yes and yes, and he's clearly firmly established himself as that dude and celebrating with a 50-piece chicken nuggets to go with that 50-piece he dropped in game six too. Multiple 50-piece chicken nuggets. Let's not multiple get it twisted. Feet. He did it at multiple Chick-fil-A's today uh, mm-hmm. after the Olympic, after the, uh, the, the finals celebrations last night, even getting told by his girlfriend, you can't just ask the random workers for free Chick-fil-A for life. They don't have the power to do that. And he still did it every time. Uh, you so. got to respect the grind. I mean, if Derek Lewis can get free Popeyes just for him talking about Popeyes and saying DC disrespects the chicken, you got to give you got to give give it up to Giannis for at least trying, I guess. Look, I I mean, can there be a more wholesome superstar right now to win a title? And instead of instead of the, your first video, your first social media video being during celebrations like of you drinking alcohol, his first video was passing out cigars to all of his teammates. Followed by then the chicken nugget saga mm-hmm. at Chick-fil-A. Like, can there be a more wholesome superstar celebration? Like, you didn't see him out there partying, drinking all these, uh, you know, bottle services in the middle of Milwaukee, you know, just fresh out of COVID protocols. Like, we didn't see that. We saw him handing cigars out to his teammates, celebrating with P.J. Tucker, celebrating, my favorite part, celebrating with Brandon Jennings, who, by the way, was was the main focal piece in the Chris Middleton trade that brought Chris Middleton to Milwaukee, let's not forget. And he celebrated with Brandon Jennings on the court after the game. Like, his teammate who he got, got came into the league with, and, and when he was drafted, that's what ship, basically shipped Brandon Jennings out. And it was just like, that's how full circle this has gone for this Bucks team. I mean, you talk about trusting the process. I. That's the actual process. Yeah, that's how it's supposed to look, Philadelphia. Like that's the plan. And to add on to the wholesome thing too, even when he's in line, he's asking the person like, "Hey, please, thank you. Can I put you on camera? Are you okay with like the just so so wholesome, so nice? I mean, these are one one just wonderful. And we all kind of knew this, but I'm now we can get to the question that probably gets people riled up. Where do you rank Giannis now after this? Not all time. We're just going to like going into next season. We're going to probably do this closer to basketball season like we did last year as well too. But in the heat of the moment, too, we've both said Kevin Durant's the best player in the world right now, and that was not too long ago. Does that stand? Has Giannis overtaken him? Where do you have him? Like, he's obviously in both of our top fives, but where does he drop in there? Well, first of all, I'm going to take Giannis's word and say KD is still the best in the world. Giannis said it. I'm just quoting Giannis, so uh, I'll accept that answer because I still believe that. Number two, as far as performance-wise right now, I don't think you can say it's anybody but Giannis. I mean... He did something in these finals that we had never seen. And then I'll even go as far to say third, as far as best looking player going forward, might be Devin Booker. 
who also did things we never saw done in an NBA final series. Unfortunately, in, in losses, but it's, it's like hmm. uh, you, you talk about the, the highest score, highest score in his first ever playoff appearance, and he has the most points ever. And then to, to also give you a 40 piece in two straight games and lose. Uh, that's just unfortunate timing for that. But I mean, you're going up against Giannis on the other side, who is just absolutely out here monstering over everybody. Um, but I think I, I do think right now, Giannis to answer your question, Giannis is number two, KD's number one. But my hot take out of all this might be Devin Booker at three, as far as most dangerous players going forward. All right, we're gonna, we're already in the hot seat. We're gonna just turn up the we're gonna take it turn up from six to eight here really quickly. Who's four and five then for you? We're we're obviously this kind of heat of the moment. You didn't get a chance to think about this. I'm throwing this at you with no warning, but. I don't know who would you put at four and five because I respect the Devin Booker slide him up there, but I'm curious to know, do you slide up any of the young guns? Do you think about the guys that have been injured and still give them the benefit of the doubt? What are your thoughts? If we're going into next season right now and you're picking a team and those three are gone, who are your next two picks? Joel Embiid four and Luke or not Luca. Sorry. Uh, Nikola Jokic at five, Luca at six, Trey Young at seven. Oh, so you even went all the way to seven. Okay. I couldn't help but know how there's a certain couple of Los Angeles superstars missing in that list so far. I'm sorry. You walk off the floor on game five of a, of a do or die series and uh, with five minutes to go and you, you drop down a few places in my book, LeBron. Um, well, there's another then, Los Angeles superstar slipping on there too now injury. And that's just injury with AD. I, I, I no, I was talking about, I was talking about Kawhi actually. Oh, well injury. <laughs> Same answer. <laughs> I mean, look, he has his own problems right now. Will he even stay in LA after everything? Did they misdiagnose his ACL injury? leading to this whole debacle like what actually happened with his knee that he was out but not out you know like is this a situation like we saw with the spurs where if they misdiagnosed his knee that's immediately he's he's out like i mean really let's be honest if they misdiagnosed his knee in la again after all the stuff that happened to him in san antonio and that whole debacle of an offseason i don't see him in, the, in a clippers uniform if they misdiagnosed his acl injury after all Oh, how history can sometimes repeat itself. How ironic would that be as well, too? And you know what? We agree in the one spot. I have Katie at one and Giannis at two as well, too. Like, it's almost, it's virtually identical. I like Katie's versatility just a little bit more. As, even though I like Giannis's defense more, it's 9.9 .9 and 9.8 if I've given them grades, basically, at this point. Like, you're making me pick. I'm going to pick the guy that's, that shoots free throws better on the road, I guess. That's literally the only determining Who factor. Who shoots free throws point. more consistently, period. Yeah, period. yeah, even though, I don't know, at home, Giannis looks pretty darn good, too. Like, either way, it's like just the guy with the little free throw edge. I'll give it to him as well, too. Number three, I respect the Devin Booker pick, but I'm gonna go with that. I'm going to go with Jokic. I just the MVP. I know we got swept by Suns and Four guy, but at the same time, look some of the guys he was playing with, and I, I probably could have put him higher. If I could have considered putting him ahead of Giannis, but I what Giannis just pulled off. In addition to Jokic forcing himself to get ejected in that game four, doing it what looked like on purpose on top of that, the tomahawk swipe yeah. across Cameron Payne's face. I'm still gonna give him three though, based on what he did as a big man, and with Jamal Murray coming back healthy. I think they're still going to be a force to reckon with next year as well, too. I really, I like what they have there. I think he just, as a big man, you need a wing player that can get you the ball and get their own shot. Like they can handle it, which is why we saw Drew Holiday go with Giannis. That opened things up for everyone. I think Jamal Murray will do that even more for Jokic moving forward. Then Joel Embiid at four as well. I agree with you on that one. I, but at five, I'm going to say, I'm still going to put LeBron at five. I understand you are 100% correct with that. Now that's why he's at five and not at three. Same thing for me as well, too. That just, He's too smart sometimes. It feels like he just doesn't always give it his all. He might. I could be wrong. That could be it. That could just be me guessing. But my eye test from afar looks like he's sometimes slacks off if things aren't going his way. And then when things are going his way, he will run it up and be out, out of basically go out ahead of everybody. But sometimes it feels like when the going gets tough, he isn't always, especially last year, he wasn't always into it. It seemed like he wasn't fully invested. So that still puts him as the fifth best player in the world in my eyes. I mean, clearly it's not a LeBron chap, but he's 40. He's nearly 40 years old and he's still the fifth best player. And if he's healthy next year, he might ascend really quickly. You give him a, him an AD healthy most most of next year, maybe they make that run for the finals. Who knows as well? So I have them there. I do like I have Booker at seven. I do think he ascended into that top seven ish role, kind of like kind of where you have him as well too. And then at six, I still I'm still gonna have Damian Lillard at six, what he's able to pull off with virtually no help. But I think we're kind of in the similar boat there as well. We based instead of a top five list, we gave you a top seven. So those would be like two honorable mentions. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I could probably cap it out and, and say the exact same names you just dropped, which is Dame Lillard, you know, uh, then you have LeBron, and then you have Kawhi at, the, at 10. I mean, I honestly, I could finish my top 10 list that easily. And, and to me, I look at it this way. Maybe LeBron actually is hitting that point in his career, what we're seeing where 
he maybe doesn't have that much in the tank anymore. Like it, it, it's so blasphemous to think about it, considering all we've seen from LeBron throughout his career, literally dragging bodies to a final year after year after year for a entire decade. He dragged bodies to a final. Like that doesn't just happen. You don't just do that. That's unnatural. And and maybe he maybe maybe we're being harsh on him because maybe you know we see some other players historically maybe have their front running moments at different times in their career but lebron never has had had that moment where he's been able to front run because he's never had that player next to him really that's a scotty pippen-esque type player and now he does i mean you had you had kyrie but kyrie at that point in time was hot and cold he's not kyrie we know today he's kyrie the world is flat and i may or may not show up for a game um, and then you had Dwayne Wade for one year in his prime, and then the injuries kind of kicked into him. When he yeah. was in his prime, it wasn't really your Pippen. It was a, it was like putting Michael next to Charles Barkley, or my, it was like putting Michael next to Larry Bird, or something like that. It's like, well, damn, we're this, we're two, we're one A and one B at this point. How are we going to make this work? Like, it, they yeah. forget Dwayne Wade was considered maybe the best player in the game in like that 2010, 2011 ish range. Yeah, and and now that's not saying that you know Miami, those Miami three years, I, I look at where they were just at the top of their game, those that three year stretch. Um, where it was nobody else but them. I really felt like I obviously I'm withholding that. I'm just looking over at his whole career gotcha. right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, that it's like his whole career, he hasn't really had that opportunity. And, and I just think maybe this is a result of after besides those three years, literally doing so much that we maybe he doesn't have that in the tank. And yeah, maybe he has turned into a front runner. But here's my question to you if he has turned into a bit of a front runner at this age, does he possibly deserve it? Out of all the players who ever have played the game, I think maybe three might can fall into this category of possibly deserving it. But do you think LeBron could fall into that category? Honestly, he could do whatever he wants at this point as well, too. Like, like I am not saying he shouldn't do it. Whatever he is doing, he is working. I mean, you still made the playoffs last year, even through thick, thin, missing a handful of weeks, missing Anthony Davis. Last year was a mess for the Lakers, and they still got into the playoffs. And you were up two to one. And then Anthony Davis went down, and Chris Paul kind of came back even while hurt, and that kind of swung the pendulum. And then Devin Booker had his coming out party, by the way. So yeah. at the same time, I'm not too worried. I do think the Lakers are going to be back next year. If they stay healthy, I think they're going to be a top three to four seed if they're all the way in. The short offseason as well, too, that definitely did not help LeBron in that as he's getting older, too. I mean, you just went from winning a title to, all right, to, went to the bathroom, walk out, and the season's back again. Like You didn't have a whole lot of leeway there. So I think that definitely played a big part of it for this season as well. And I kind of want to add on to just to finish off before you finish off. You finish out your top ten. My would involve Steph next, then Kawhi. Then after that, I would probably go Luca. I give Luca the edge on that one too to round out the top, my top ten. Just so since we both did at this point. Yeah, I think the only one I left out was Steph in that category, and that's <laughs> I, I that's just because I overlooked him honestly, and <laughs> I, I feel I kind of feel bad about that. But I just think, look, what Trey Young did in these playoffs was was fantastic. Um, Tony Parker 2.0. I'm standing by, it and I will ride I, on that one until proven otherwise. I think, yeah, exactly. I think that's his, a compliment, next... by the way. So anyone who doesn't yeah. who thinks that's an insult, like they do not realize Tony Parker's a Finals MVP. Yeah, exactly. And and I and I think his next evolution is discovering that type of mold in himself where he doesn't have to take these stupid three point shots every time. Granted, they are super fantastic when he makes them because it's like, oh, it's a highlight. Oh God! But you know what? I don't need to see him if I'm Nate McMillan. If I'm Nate McMillan, I'm sitting here like, but. You could do that, or you could take three steps in, draw a defender to you, pass to your wing, which he'll have a healthy Hunter next year, to pass to Hunter, who then can dish down low to wide open Collins or anybody else. And then it might come right back out to you. You can shoot a normal three. Hmm. But, you know, you don't have to shoot these silly threes sometimes. They're, they're fantastic to watch. It, it You know, I'm not going to call them a bad shot because they, they are in his arsenal. It's he's a guy, he's one of four guys I'd say can comfortably shoot that shot at a high clip. But this year was not his year to do, to be doing that. And he's uh, a so. volume guy to say this kind of like how Booker he's a shooter, but he's not a three point shooter. Same with Trey Young. You, it's like almost like you just take one step inside that line and you are lethal. But for some reason, that line is like that is where your lethality slows down. Sometimes you're feeling it, sometimes you're in the bag of tricks and you could just shoot from anywhere. But that's on a consistent night-to-night basis, I'd like to see him shoot five to six, maybe five threes a game, not 15. Yeah, definitely. And his floater is so deadly. I mean, gosh, that floater is 
oh. are one of the best in the game. And his touches ability to throw clouds. alleys off of it, yeah. It touches the clouds, sings with angels as it's coming down. It it drops a halo in the basket as it goes in. It's just like, yes, I'm heaven. And so we'll round things back out now to how we start this with the Bucks, the champions <laughs> now as well, too. We both have Giannis as a top two player. We see, think Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, they all rounded out perfectly. They keep this young 26, 25, like their average age is in that in their prime, basically coming back next year. What do you think is what do you think is the future for the Bucks next year? Like they they're bringing everybody back virtually, from what I understand. You're gonna have those big three. I think Brooke Lopez is still there. Bobby Portis. You're gonna get Dante Divincenzo back as well too. What do you think is the Bucks' way too early projection for next year? Obviously, we haven't even hit the draft necessarily yet. That's going on as this is get around right the time this gets released. But what do you thought? Do you think the Bucks are a one year? Oh, you had your moment, but you're done. Like the Raptors kind of were, or do you think they could have a st- sustained chance to get back here next year? I mean, you have Giannis at 26 years old, hmm. uh, literally evolving in in the finals, not even just like in you know the playoffs, just in the finals alone. Game two, um, game. <laughs> you're, you're, so their average age age this season was 27.7, which is not old at all uh, for basketball standards, and that's including a PJ Tucker uh, on, on out there who is now an NBA champion, PJ Tucker. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this this team is deadly. I I think maybe their biggest issue is going to be fixed, and that's Dante DiVincenzo coming back, um, and that fills that hole where Pat Connaughton had to come in and try to fill in. But I I do also think the next evolution for this team, and we talked about it during the color cast all the time with this team, is being able to play with a big man next to Giannis and have actual spacing, have that that spacing protocol out there. But with that said, I mean. If they can figure that out, this team is back in the finals, guaranteed. If they don't figure it out, there's still a finals favorite mm. going forward because they're going to keep so much of this team intact. I don't think there's a single main piece of this team that's going to be leaving. I think the only ones that might possibly be going might be like a Jeff Teague, Bryn Forbes, who did or did not see time, but um, I'm not sure. I think Bobby Portis might have an option as well. Um, I think it's a team option, which... By the way, if you're a team option, uh, that better be signed today <laughs> that he is staying in Milwaukee because that man is a fan favorite. But no, and he's just, an energizer bunny off the bench that every team needs yeah. as well, too, and a versatile big body. Like you don't find him like Bobby Portis very often. He's exactly what the doctor ordered for this team. Exactly. He was he is everything for this team. Uh I, I, I say that i don't mean to say that in a light way or anything like that. Like I do mean if he doesn't perform the way he does, I it, I don't think the Bucks win this series the way they did. If they Especially if they win at all, game six. no. And and like it, we talked about it during the color cast, where it just felt different when Bobby Portis was on the on the court. Like something just felt different. Like the Bucks almost felt not unstoppable, but they felt on their high horse during the time when Bobby Portis was on the floor. It didn't feel like they were ever outmatched, even when they were being outgunned. Like that's he's a guy that could play with Giannis as a bigger body as well too and I think we saw that kind of as an adjustment that we were both kind of harsh on Budenholzer because throughout the playoffs it's like what are you doing Mike like it seems like he's just making not really the blatant adjustments he'll make little tweaks here that eventually worked obviously down the stretch but we're like make the do this do like we did it on the color cast the entire time like it seemed like every game we're like Mike but what are you doing but down the stretch he found a way to make Brooke Lopez and Giannis kind of work and Staggering the minutes, they obviously didn't see as much of the court at the same time. I think that was kind of the adjustment. But when they were on the court together, especially in that game six, like their best lineup was when he had them both out there because it allowed them to do the switch and pick and roll, and it didn't let DeAndre just pick on a small guy. They found a way to make that work. So maybe he found something there. Maybe it's something we see more next year of them working together. As well as you know, Giannis, he gets better every single game, every single year, every single offseason. Maybe next year, this mid-range floater turnaround shots that we saw a lot of in this finals, maybe that comes back as a consistent factor next year, too. Oh, that, if that adds to his game, that's absolutely fantastic. And to your point about Brooke Lopez, that one, the, you know, Budenholzer making those moves. First of all, I got to say, I'm sorry, Budenholzer. I apologize <laughs> for, for being so harsh on you. He he made the change after all in, in that game six that, that I was calling for kind of a lot, which was keep one high, keep one low in the post. And that's what they started doing. They would hand off to, it would be Drew Holiday gives a Giannis at the top of the elbow on the left side of the, uh, on the left side of the paint. Chris Middleton would wrap around either. He hands off to Middleton or he keeps it. If he keeps it, he turns front faces the defender. And then Brooke Lopez comes and sets a screen and it makes Aiden make a choice. And that was the, that was the change that he made finally in the, in the finals. But it was something we had been asking for, for two series at that point in time, but he finally made it. And, 
you know what? Credit to Budenholzer, who was literally, I feel like, coaching for his job uh, at the beginning of these playoffs. Absolutely. And on top of that, too, at one point, Giannis was basically like, you know what, Aiden? I don't care what choice you made. I'm going right at you. And he bullied the big man who had owned the playoffs for a lot of it, too. So it's sensational to see what he did. And on your point, I think they're a finals favorite next year. I think the only team that really stands in the way in the East right now is the Nets. If they could stay healthy, keep all the firepower. I mean, even as they were when they were dinged up, they took the Bucks to seven and the brink of Kevin Durant's toe to possibly get for the Nets to advance. So we'll see if they can stay healthy and get it to work long term. Because we've only seen them, that big three, play together, what, 17 total games max maybe? I don't even yeah. think it's been that like they get, so we'll see how that works forward. We'll see a non-fat James Harden. We'll see maybe Kyrie healthier as well. We'll see Kevin coming off the injury and in, a, in his best form, like better than ever as well. So really curious to see how they go going forward in the 76ers. I don't know what's going on with that Ben Simmons saga. I mean, we'll see how that plays out. If somehow that turns into Damian Lillard and Joel Embiid, we have a different conversation now all of a sudden really quickly, but we'll see how that one goes as well. I'm going to take a moment to just say, out of everybody, when we did our preseason predictions, one of us did pick the Milwaukee Bucks, and that was me. And I'm just going to say that won me $15 on sports betting, so I'm going to take that. Congratulations, sir. Congratulations. I earned that one because Devin laughed at my face when we were doing the predictions because I had, they're going to lose in the first round. So I had to, I had to get him back on this one because he laughed at my face. So I had to get him back on this one if he is listening. To be fair, we both laughed in his face when Nikola Jokic was his MVP pick, and, uh, well... Well, we were to wrong. be fair, we giggled a little bit, not directly in his face. It's like, oh, okay, that's that's actually interesting, but I, I don't see it. We weren't, we just didn't see it, but we didn't laugh at his face. True, fair enough. Okay, it wasn't yeah. as bad as Brendan's football predictions. We didn't get into that. We didn't get that deep now. And he still did well. He still did better than I did in, in his prediction. So uh, who who knows? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And that, since we talked about the Bucks too, I guess we should quickly check in. What do you about the Suns' future? What do you see for them going into next year? You have all these young pieces minus Chris Paul. Devin Booker has ascended himself to your number three, and to me in the top seven, eight-ish area. DeAndre Ayton, minus what DeAndre, what kind of Giannis did to him, was an absolute monster throughout the playoffs. I mean, he owned everybody else, shooting 70% going into the finals. What do you think about them going into next year? I think mentally DeAndre Ayton needs to improve. Uh, just because what I, when I say that is, it, you know, game six, we talked about during the color cast, he looked timid. He looked timid to go against Giannis. He looked timid to go against Brooke Lopez. It was almost like he was afraid that attacking them would get him into more trouble than sitting back and, and sitting back just got him in more foul trouble. Um, really. And, and instead of being his attacking self, which he had been all these playoffs, he sat back too much and it, he let, you know, let them take advantage of him. And, I think that's that next evolution for DeAndre Ayton. And, and I got to be clear about this Devin Booker being the number three most dangerous player going forward in my eyes, like most effective. That is purely based off of his offensive ability and and, and no other reason. Like, I'm not saying he's going to – he's the third best player in the world right now. I'm saying if I'm picking three players to go and get me buckets, he's in the top three of those players going to get me buckets. I'd also say Chris Middleton might approach the top 15, top th- – top 10 uh, right on the edge of that if if he gets his opportunity but no these sons man I, I i do think devin booker his first playoffs was an absolutely we we kept calling we hoped he kept getting to his playoffs he's been kept getting on great performances up until the playoffs he finally had his chance to showcase himself and i don't think he did i, I don't think he could have done a better job of showcasing himself and his abilities had it not been to win an NBA Finals in his first attempt. I think that would be the only I think the only thing he could ask for is maybe shoot a few, little bit less from three because he got a little yeah. bit trigger happy there, especially in game six and one of the earlier games that I can't remember it was where he went like one of seven as well. Too. So I think it's the same thing with training. You just got to – I know you can shoot the threes, and when you're feeling it, my goodness, you can hit the most ridiculous contested ones, but just, they got to find it – got to shoot a little bit less, and it's hard for Booker because he's not the most athletically gifted guy. He's athletic, but he's not – skywalking he's like six yeah. five not a six eight giant skywalking guy that can shoot he's the evolution of his game will come too he's coming along with it as well too his mid-range shot is still absolutely deadly one probably the best in the game arguably besides maybe kevin durant's right up there as well and as he'll get his three shot it's it was not great but if he can get that up to like 39 percent instead of 34 percent, this guy's a little bit firm as well too and i agree with you like i pick the suns to be the fifth fourth fifth seed somewhere in that area but not I didn't see this coming. Like I didn't see them running through the playoffs for the most part as well too. They well exceeded the curve I had set for them. And if Chris Paul does come back, I think they could be right yeah. back in this position. If he can come back and still be Chris Paul, of course. Yeah. I, I do think to that, to that point, I mean, uh, there was uh, obviously questions about his arm there at the end of the, the playoff run uh, because you, you mentioned it a couple times on the color cast as well, that he just, his dribbling just didn't seem as clean. And, and you're exactly right. I, I think that's a question for going forward. How healthy was he really down the stretch? Was his shoulder really down the stretch? Um, 
to be playing because it definitely wasn't the clean Chris Paul we know of. And last time I checked, I doubt Chris Paul really got that nervous that it would affect his top dribbling abilities in the league. Uh, you know, that, that much where he's looking just like a normal NBA player, not a excellent dribbler, you know, not, not that type of a guy, but I, I think he has come out and said, he has come out and said in the post game conference that he is coming back next year. He's getting back to work. Granted, we'll have to wait and see that many a times a super player getting up there in age has said, yeah, I'll be back. And then three months into training down, getting ready in the off season, they're like, ah, you know, my body hurts a lot more than normal. So I'm going to call it quits, but uh, yeah, no, we'll have to see. But I, assuming he comes back, I think they feel very good about that. Um, if they can keep their extra pieces, keep bridges, keep um, Jay Crowder, keep uh, campaign off the bench, keep Cam Johnson, maybe even give him more minutes for, for Monty Williams and um, let him get to going as well, because he was a big part of their playoff run. His three point shooting coming off the bench was absolutely outstanding. His defensive effort was outstanding as well. I just don't know where you fit him in with that lineup because of Michael Bridges there. And I'd also like to see Michael Bridges, you know, get extended minutes as well. But um, cause he's just, he's, I mean, he's a great player waiting to happen. He's not going to be a number one by any means. I've said that constantly, but a solid number two, a solid running mate for Devin Booker feels like a comfortable place for Michael Bridges um, easily. So Especially I, with I, DeAndre could step up and be that second leading guy, like maybe two B as well to something like that as well too, as they come into yeah. their own second wing be type that of guy. Tony Ku coach. Yeah, the there we go. The now we get. Yeah, that's what we're looking for as well. And I think the Suns, even if CP3 is not quite himself next year, the way campaign stepped up this year too, he's a guy that could. I think you could slide him in there. He could give you good minutes as that ball handler to help Devin Booker and DeAndre and the run the offense as well too. Like we kind of mentioned it with Giannis getting him Drew Holiday, Chris Paul getting Chris Paul as well as campaign's emergence. It allowed Devin Booker to play off the ball and just beat the bucket. It allowed DeAndre to utilize his skill set as well too, because those are guys that need to get the ball. They just can't always bring the ball up themselves. And when they do, it's not quite the same. Like Booker can go one-on-one with anyone, give him the ball, but it kind of sticks with him and everyone just kind of sits back. And that's when Drew Holiday comes from the backside and rips it out. So yeah. I think having that ball handling point guards away a difference. We saw Mike Conley actually helping out with Donovan Mitchell and that Utah Jazz team being the best team in the West when you bring in Mike Conley. Like having a guy that can just dribble and run the show without an ego and just kind of be the be the game-managing quarterback, quote-unquote, has made a huge difference, especially when you give him a running mate on the wings who's just a bucket waiting to happen that gets to take even less off of his plate. My goodness, it makes me think, imagine if Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal can kind of get that lined up as well, too. Right now, they're both, they're unfortunately, they're both kind of two alpha dogs guys that need the ball, and it kind of sometimes stops. Russell Westbrook, obviously, the assist maestro, but the ball still spends a lot of time with him. So if they can find a way to just kind of get Westbrook to run the offense or Bradley Beal ends up finding himself with another point guard, depending on if he's trade bait next year, that could be something scary to see as well, too. So I think, a lot more teams are going to see this and be like, we just need a guy to handle the ball. They, they can't be Ben Simmons, like scared to shoot in general. <laughs> they don't have to be quite dynamic. It doesn't have to be Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, John ja Morant. It doesn't have to be quite like that. Just somebody who can handle the ball and let these walking buckets on the side get to work too. Somebody comfortable being the John Stockton of the team, which it sounds blasphemous to say John Stockton wasn't, a number, number, wasn't the number one guy on the team, but he wasn't the number one guy on the team. That was Carl Malone followed by then Jeff Hornacek scoring, followed by Byron Russell, then then John Stockton to give you 10. Uh, you know, be the Jason Kidd of your team. Give me a Jason Kidd triple-double. I'm okay with that. I'm accepting of it. Give me a Drew Holiday. To, uh, we need more Drew Holidays in the league. Give me Drew Holiday ad nauseum. Especially when it. you're playing with a guy who gets buckets so easily like a lot of these yeah. guys are too. Granted, if you're not playing with a guy that can get you those type of buckets, obviously go get your buckets. Then. I mean, like you can't tell Steph, hey – there's no clay. We need you to, you know, run the offense. Just give us like 15 and 10. doesn't quite work with Steph or like the dames or those guys. That's a different story, obviously. But when you're playing next to a dynamic two or a dynamic three that can do that, they definitely could use a little more help in that regard. So I think we both are on the same page. The Bucks virtually look out Eastern conference next year. They're probably going to come back ready for vengeance. It's a nets. You're the only hope right now, basically to stop them, <laughs> depending on what the 76ers do. And maybe maybe the Hawks too. We'll see what the Hawks can do as well too. Got to give them some respect. Who knows? As well. Maybe the Knicks as well. I mean, let's not forget that story they had getting in the exactly. Playoffs. Yeah, see if Julius Randle can quit taking those contested fadeaway mid range shots and maybe get somebody else to go with him as well. And then in the West, at Suns will be back. I think we both agree. Don't know if they'll be back in the finals unless you can get Chris Paul. Everything you got from Chris Paul's last year, if you could somehow carry that to this year as well too. Look, that West it looks so dirty right now. Let's be honest. Like you had, you just mentioned it. Like that that Jazz team number one. The Suns were number two. Let's not get carried away with that. 
if let's say the Clippers do stay together and Kawhi and Paul George, all that team comes back together, uh, that team is deadly. The the Mavericks deadly. The Nuggets depending on what the Mavericks do too. There's needs to be some Kristaps Porzingis, but you got Luca, you got a shot. Yeah, exactly. The Nuggets though, uh, I don't want to deal with them either. I mean, you can go down the list of the teams that like you you mentioned the Grizzlies. Like that's not a team you want to deal with. I think it's a much going to be a much harder fight for the Suns coming back. The Lakers. I mean, let's not even forget the Lakers are in all of this. Let's not as even well. forget Golden State who missed the playoffs and then you're getting Clay Thompson back and two early lottery first round picks that they might package for something else. I mean, yeah. Oh boy, and then Wiseman going into year two. We'll see if he can make that transformation. Draymond. If coming he stays back. with the team, if James Wiseman stays with the team, exactly. There have like, been talks of shipping him off along with the pack, the, the draft picks to get go get a superstar of their own. Um, okay, you, I know there were talks about this one. I don't want to get feel the fire, but can you imagine Steph, Damian Lillard, and Clay Thompson on the same team? No, I don't want to <laughs> imagine that. Look, I just watched Space Jam with with wet fire, Clay Thompson, and Kronos of Dame Lillard, and then you add in the just walking bucket that is Steph. I, I don't even know Disco Meister Maestro might be his little name for Space Jam if he had a name or. Just the bucket, like I, that I, I guess I don't know, like whatever it is or yeah, the, yeah, no, that I, I don't want to imagine a world in which that's the case because then you have, which here's what's crazy about that roster: you still have Andrew Wiggins and you still have Draymond, and that would be your four and five. You would be that, so they would not have any big man. You have James Wiseman coming in for Wiggins occasionally, but you're just basically going to be raining threes like they did during the All Star game. If that's the case, that would be. That'd that's be it. crazy. I wouldn't play online 2K ever again because that's the only team you'd play against every single time. No matter what you do, it, it'd be broken. It wouldn't be, it would be miserable. Yeah. But after after all that, that's gonna bring us into our crunch time segment brought to you by Dr. Squatch. Smell like a man, feel like a champion. Brand new Star Wars soaps that just came out. You and I both grabbed some as well, too. I like the I obviously really like the ruthless rinse. It makes me just I just love the smell of it. It's got a little bit of a cinnamon, a little bit of a twirl. It has the Darth Maul look on it. I love it. It got me ready to go earlier today as well. That's my favorite. And I know you have a pretty good favorite if you're on as well. Oh yeah, give me the wisdom watch. Look, I'm not the smartest tool in the shed. Mm. I'm not a I'm not a numbers guy. But you know what? I can do with some wisdom and Yoda and his wisdom watch gives it to me every time. And that's absolutely fantastic. And uh look, it, it, the, the fact Dr. Squatch came out with the Star Wars pack, I don't think I've ever been happier mm. to be affiliated with a group other than than at that point in time. I was like Yes, please. I advertise something that I can nerd out about every single time, and then we got the, we got the soaps in and add the packaging for it. I, I mean, still have the box. Like I keep the soaps in the box. I put them in the shower, use it, put it back in their box, and back in the whole thing too. Like I, it's a collectible yeah. at this point that I use. Yeah, and and like literally as I flip it open, I just hear the Imperial March playing in the background or the the scroll theme for Star Wars. If you don't know either song, I don't know how to help you. Just go to hmm. YouTube. Yeah, um, you you got this one. You you can figure this one out. <laughs> but yeah, as I open it, it just it's just like that moment. Like I feel like I'm about to unbox my own lightsaber at that point in time. But I don't even know what color of saber I would have. I, I'll never figure that out. But yeah, we, I, I, we would both definitely have them. red. Who we trying to get? We'd both definitely be red sabers. No, let's be honest. They'd probably give me like an orange one. And be like, you don't deserve red. You're not even <laughs> fully dark side. You're just more like the comedic relief dark side. You get orange. What you get the Kylo orange? Ren one that's just kind of jagged, but not fully put together, but a lot lighter too. It'd be, it just yeah, it doesn't doesn't one. fully cut through somebody. It's like it just sort of like partially goes through, and I have to like hack. Like yeah, it, it's just it's kind of like when you just grab like really hot tinfoil. It's like oh that's annoying. But anyway, if that's anyway if you that is something you're intrigued by, you just need to or anything like that. Click on the link below as well too. We clearly enjoy all their stuff as well too. Highly recommend as well, and it helps out the podcast as well too if you come to the link. But that brings us to crunch time as well. Usually we like to take this time to maybe do a little bit of rant, a little bit of a hot take, a little something, a little something dramatic, maybe roast somebody, depending. But today we're both going to kind of stay on the same topic, and it's going to be centered around thank you, Kelsey. I'll let you go ahead and take it away from here. Yeah, no, that is the best way I could describe this. Um, look, we have we put two and a half, almost three months of hard work into our color casting for the NBA playoffs. Just to get into it, it took a, it took a, it took about a month. And that was overlapped with the NBA or the NFL draft and all of that. And throughout that month, guys, every every single person that tuned in helped us get ranked. We ended up as a two seed going miraculously, the, considering we didn't start till after the NFL draft. Really, yeah, we did one game before, then four games right after, uh, right in the last week of the regular season, and uh, we ended up a two seed because of you guys, and that helped us. And then, in the, I mean. Let's be completely honest. We were absolutely shocked with our numbers 
every single game that we were able to able to win. I mean, we didn't we did not lose a single game against our matchup the entire cast tournament, which is insane to think about because there were some fantastic casters we went up against from Deeds at the in the finals, Marco in the semifinals. I mean, ATC Sports was an absolutely fantastic young up and comer himself. He's you know a young kid trying to do this for real in his in his day job one day and. And Jim VP too is well yeah, part of the core side view as well. Yeah. Like, I, and then just all the color, color cast you mentioned, like the fact that we were not only able to win any rounds, but let alone get to the finals and win the entire competition. It was thanks to people like you that trusted us with your time. And we hope we were able to reciprocate that and make it time well spent. Cause that's the one thing you can't really give and you can't give back. You can't, you can give it, but you can't really give it back, unfortunately. So the fact that you gave us your time and made us using all of our time on it as well too, made it definitely worthwhile. It was a, sensational perform it was a sensational just everything about it was sensational it was a sensational time it was excruciatingly long especially all of those games i mean yeah. i don't know the number of games we call we just say maybe 40 of the playoff games something like that oh no it was it was it was 40 before the finals so we'll say we'll say 46 to 50 basically somewhere yeah. in that area like it, it was a lot of games and we couldn't have done without you guys and the fact that you guys tuned in so frequently we met some great people along the way some people you might hear on our podcast here pretty soon as well too so those of you who haven't tuned in the color cast and aren't able to, you'll get to hear from them because they got some great takes. We've enjoyed hanging out with them and too, made some really good friends along the way, learned a lot about these guys. So thank you to everyone who tuned on ColorCast. We appreciate you letting us kind of have this dream come true and finish off the competition as well too. And to three Pete now, because that's now the third competition we've been able to win. Thanks to you guys. And it, it just means a lot to us. And thank you to ColorCast for giving us this opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we'll have to get Evan on here at some point in time, the CEO of ColorCast and, and, you know, just officially be able to thank him in person, you know, get him on the cast, talk about it as well. But no, this is, this really was an honor. I mean, like I, you know, I had a moment today where I, like I, we went to sleep after the game last night and I was like, yeah, cool. We did it. Yay. Uh, but it didn't really sink in. And, and then the day uh, this morning I was, I was out running errands and then like it clicked at that point in time. And I had to like stop when I'm driving, I had to pull over and just like, there's actually people that enjoy listening to us so much. So we're able to, to, to fight out with all these other color casters and, and win a competition. That's not just, you know, a regional thing. It's not just a podcast thing. It's not just an unhinged thing. It's an open contest for anybody to do. And all you have to do is have an iPhone and, and, you know, it, it people love to tune into us and, and tune in for a long time. Uh, we're going to have the stats coming to us here soon with the total number of listenership hours but I can tell you there were some games that it was close to 60 hours of listenership time during those casts. And that's 60 hours total. Like that's insane. Like somebody wants to listen, people want to listen to us for a combined total of 60 hours on one solid cast. That's that moment. Like I, I teared up and then, and I had like a little moment today where I was just like, I can't believe it. Like this is an honor because really it is, it's a dream. Uh, you know, you said it's a dream come true. It really is. I mean, let's, I, I, I walked away from the journalism field in college to try to go pursue sales life. And I didn't think this would ever be an opportunity. And ColorCast has given us that opportunity and everybody that tunes in allows us to continue with it. And it's, I, I mean, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. We are going to take a, probably a short little break just to re, re, recuperate and get our voices back. But uh, we mean, probably won't be doing too much. Like, we probably don't have anything lined up right now, too. Like, yeah. we'll definitely be back on. It was just don't like it'll probably be a little bit too. We're going to take a little time with the podcast as well, too. And to those of you tuning into the podcast, we obviously appreciate you guys as well, yeah. too. Whether you can turn and, into the cast or you just don't choose to. Either way, we appreciate everyone who does tune in to hear us just kind of ramble and talk a little trash. Yeah. And, and that's just it. Like, this isn't a thank you just to the people that tuned into us on ColorCast. No, we wouldn't have been there for the people that didn't like if it hadn't been for people who tune into our, our podcast or people who just interact with us on social media occasionally. You know, it's it's it is a combined effort from absolutely anybody who's ever listened to us to to the new people we're finding every single day listening to us, the new followers we get. It's it has been absolutely a, a, an absolute wondrous, you know, kind of last I'd say even last three months, really, like I'd say the last three months for us have been. Some of the most interesting, just like you, ha we, uh, some of the most kind of honorable as well. Like you kind of see, get that moment where you're just like, wow, people actually care. Like they, they actually want to tune in. It's, it's, it's fantastic. And um, it's because of you guys that were able to do a lot of fun things. And, and one of those fun things we do have coming up and I've been kind of saving this one in the bag until we got a chance to talk about it. But we did mention the Olympics earlier. Um, he is not an Olympian. He's a Paralympian, but he is a five-time Paralympian, which is 
outstanding. Five times to go to any games. He is, he'll be competing in his fifth, Olymp- uh, fifth Paralympics here in Tokyo here in, in August. Um, and that will be Matt Levy. I did an interview with him, and he is a swimmer out of Australia, and he is absolutely fantastic story. Um, and that will be releasing here on the 29th of June. Uh, or sorry, of July. It is not June anymore. It is definitely July. But the 29th of July, we'll have that release. Um, we'll, we'll drop a couple here, snippets here and there um, beforehand. But uh, I had an absolute joy talking to Matt. And he actually followed us on Instagram first. And, I, I you know, I bring all this around up to say that he followed us on Instagram first. And I reached out to him like, are you serious? Like, hold on, what? <laughs> like, he's, he, you know we don't get very many blue check marks to follow us right now in our States. And to see one follow us, it was that moment of like, hold on, what? Wait, 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 what? And so I reached out to him and then was like, Hey, I know this is kind of awkward. You just followed us, but like, do you want to jump on our podcast and talk about your story? Cause it's absolutely fantastic. And um, look, it, it, we had a great time talking, Matt and I did. And, and I can't wait to share that interview with everybody. It's absolutely amazing. Some of you will be moved. Some of you will cry. Some of you will laugh. Some of you will feel things you never felt before. It was absolutely a wonderful story as well, too. And if you weren't already kind of pumped up for the Olympics and the Paralympics, you're going to get juiced after hearing this one as well, too. Yeah. So it's absolutely sensational. A lot of great things coming on the podcast. And just thank you to everyone for tuning in as well, too. That'll wrap up today's episode as well, too. Be sure to tune in. Subscribe on any of your favorite platforms as well, too. Follow us on social media. Give a chance to interact with us. Tell us we suck or tell us we're funny. Whatever you want. We will take it in stride regardless. So we'll DJ and Kelsey anyways. from the that's a fair point yeah so dj and kelsey say thank you guys once again we'll see you guys next time mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumba casino this year i was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true chumba casino is america's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life-changing amounts of cash be like mary log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone.